What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Kind of Funny X-Cast, your home for all things Xbox here at Kind of Funny. Of course, I'm one of your hosts, Snowbike Mike, and today I am joined by my dude, the greatest guy in video games, Mr. Paris Lily. Paris, welcome back for another week of the X-Cast. How are you, my guy? Uh, I'm doing okay, man. I, I will say off the top, I, I miss Gary. We- I, 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 I truly legitimately miss Gary. <laughs> I know he's a man about town. He is super busy. This is why he has not been here recently. But uh, I miss him taking the jabs at me. I I actually saw him take a jab at me on threads and didn't even tag me. So I I, I gotta talk to him about that one. (laughs) Well, I'm glad that he's still taking jabs at you. And yes, you and I both miss him. Of course, Barrett running the ones and twos. We all miss him here at Kind of Funny. And I know a lot of the audience, of course, still has questions. They miss him a lot. And dear audience members, Kind of Funny best friends, yes, we all miss Gary. He is very busy in the Hollywood world working his real job. He will return. He will return soon enough. But right now, he is very busy. So we will give him his space. We'll let him be creative, and he'll come back when he's ready to rock and roll. I heard he was upset that I also stole the shaved head look. Ah. Um, With with three of us on on the show, you know, I think it was a little bit too much for him. (laughs) A lot of shaved heads is right. But Paris, how have you been? Other than that. This week, what's going on in your world? Tell me all about it. You, you know, I'm 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 good overall, but uh, when we talk from an industry standpoint, man, just seeing all these layoffs, it's 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 just brutal. Like as of us about to record this, EA just announced what 670 more people getting laid off. PlayStation, you know, did it the day before. It's it's brutal, man. It is just absolutely brutal, and it just does not seem like it's going to stop anytime soon. Our hearts go out to those who are affected by the job losses. Uh, we think about all those creative and talented human beings that have to battle this all the time. It really sucks, yeah. Paris is right. And it sucks to every single day open up IGN or, you know, gamesindustry.biz and see these layoffs. It really, really does suck. But you know what doesn't suck, Paris? Getting to spend some time with you talking some video games. And that's what we're going to try to do today. Of course, each and every week, we're bringing you the Xbox news you need to know about. We're bringing the commentary and the conversations and bringing some fun into your weekly lives. And that's what we're all about. Don't forget the Kind of Funny X-Cast post each and every Thursday at 6 a.m. West Coast, Best Coast time on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games. And, of course, on Patreon.com slash Kind of Funny, where you can become a Kind of Funny member to get the very best of Kind of Funny. If you'd like to get our shows ad-free, watch them live as we record them, or get our daily exclusive show, Gregway, you can go support us over on Patreon and now on YouTube by becoming a member over there. Don't forget, you can also become a Patreon member, just like our friends Carl Jacobs, Streaking Ain't Easy, and Delaney Twining. Thank you so much. For your support. This week, the Kind of Funny X-Cast is sponsored by Avatar, Braving the Elements, and Kind of Funny Games Showdown. We'll tell you all about that in just a little bit. Paris, let's jump into the news. It has been a fun couple of weeks. It's been a, a, a wild start to 2024. We have now laid out the groundwork. We've gotten past the podcast. We now have the official four games and dates on those four games coming to other platforms. So no more speculating no more guessing we can talk about it right here and i want to give the official news to all the xbox fans out there so they know what games are coming out there and maybe if they have friends on other platforms they can join them on these four games so here are the official games making a move to other platforms pentiment is coming february 22nd to playstation 4 and 5 and nintendo switch hi-fi rush is coming to playstation 5 on march 19th 
Grounded is coming to PlayStation 4 and 5, plus Nintendo Switch on April 16th, and Sea of Thieves is coming to PlayStation 5 on April 30th. Here's some fun facts for you, pairs, for some of these games. Grounded has 20 million players, plus yeah. will offer crossplay with Xbox, PC, PlayStation, and Switch. So congratulations to the team over at Obsidian for a really cool achievement of 20 million players. And now the opportunity to let more people into the backyard. We always talk about that. I think that's really rad. And one more fun fact for you. 35 million players on Sea of Thieves. That will offer cross-play with PlayStation, Xbox, and PC when you can go set uh, sail on the high seas. Pretty cool stuff, Paris. The four games now revealed. We know what they are. We know the dates. We've talked about it before. I know your thoughts on it. But now what do you feel now that we got the clear, this is the message, this is what's happening? I mean, it really just comes down to, all right, now we know. Now we now we know yes. what the four games are. We know when they're going to come out. Um, obviously, we don't need to retread anything from the past couple of weeks of speculation and obviously the Xbox podcast uh, that the leadership team did. I mean, you know, good. I, I hope people on, on PlayStation and Switch go play these games. That that would probably be my biggest thing. Like, I, I'll never forget back in 2021 um, when I got to talk to some of the guys from Obsidian that were on the grounded team. It's when I, I was doing the Showcase Extended. And uh, 17 people made that game. And to see where it where it started from to where it is today, like you said, 20 million people are playing it. And now the opportunity for even more people to go play a game like that, you know, you know, kudos to that team. You know, I'm, I'm excited for that team. I think Sea of Thieves ultimately is going to be the biggest winner out of all of this. Being that live service game, being that pirate fantasy game. I guess one question I didn't get out of this, which just naturally I assume is a part of this, any of the expansions and things that that sea of thieves have had over the years would would be available on this to people on playstation i just naturally assume it is but going by that being able to try out some of that content in there and then throwing in the cross play with everything so now xbox players pc players playstation players they all get to go play together i mean you know that that's a win i mean we get all the other stuff that we've talked about the past few weeks, but at the end of the day, it's about us playing games and having fun, and the more people, the merrier, I say. I'm right there with you, Paris. You know, we've talked about our initial thoughts and feelings of the business standpoint, but when we're yeah. talking about gamers playing games, this is a big win, right? I am so excited for a game like Sea of Thieves to go out to a wider audience, right? Yes. We talk about 35 million players between Xbox and PC, and gosh darn it, that's a great game. You know, Rare and the team over there, we've talked with Mike and Joe, and they yep. have done some incredible stuff with their team, adding on, you know, just quality of life improvements, bug fixes, this life that we've seen on this, plus all of the add-ons of DLC, right? We're talking about a pirate's life with the Disney collab. You've got Monkey Island. I mean, there are some really cool pieces that I can't wait for others to experience like you and I have. And with crossplay being integrated right off the bat with Sea of Thieves and Grounded, that's a big win, right? Because now yep. if you got a family member that's got a Switch, if they got kids on a PlayStation, everybody's jumping in. And I think that's where we're going to see the big win. We talk about these games as a service being red hot right now, especially with Helldivers. You, you know, games as a service, I always have these conversations with my friends. There's a blurred line. You know what I mean? There's so many things that you can call live service game, games as a service. 
they're all online. They're all buying for your attention. But I think when you have cross play and the largest player base possible, you always win in a situation yep. like grounded, like you said, made by 13 people obsidian doing a passion project that I'm sure all of us probably looked at this survival crafting game where, you know, it's honey. I shrunk the kids with the kids in the backyard. A lot of us were probably like, ah, I don't know about this, but it turned out to be a big win and it found a player base with 20 million players. Now it gets to go to an even larger audience. That number is going to skyrocket. And that's what I'm excited about. I am interested in the price tag always Paris. I'm interested into the attach rate. I think a lot of us on the Xbox side of things get really blessed and lucky with Game Pass, right? Where you pay that $15 a month and attaching onto a game or jumping in and out of certain titles and trying them is so easy as opposed to, man, this game is 20, this game is 40, this game is 60 or $70. And I don't know if I can convince four of my friends to jump on. I think that will be the big question for me is when we see the final price tags, you look at them on the marketplaces of Switch and PlayStation, how much love are they getting? Is there excitement? Because yeah. I, you and I could beat the drum all day for these games, but will they get the players attaching to them? I truly hope they do. I, I do too, in, in this sense. Like, again, bring, let's bring up Pentiment as an example. I know at first glance, because I think we all thought that when it, when it first came out uh, back in 2022, like, really? What, what is this? But if you take the time and actually sit and get into it, it is one of the best murder mystery mystery games that you could possibly play. It's it's vastly underrated in that aspect, in my opinion. So maybe this will be an opportunity for more people to go out and try it and 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 see the brilliance of of what that story actually is. Um, and we all know about Hi-Fi Rush. I think we all all of us just is a consensus. That's just a fantastic game. Period. Point blank. So I've always said. Because it, it is coming to Switch at the same time, too, right? I have Hi-Fi Rush Play? only on PlayStation 5. Yeah, that's what I thought. It's yes. only on PlayStation 5. So maybe maybe um, graphically it, it's doing a little more than the Switch can handle. That's just my guess at, at this point. But, um, you know, PlayStation people that get to check that out, great. But if and or when it eventually comes to Switch or Switch 2, I think that game's perfect for, for the handheld experience. So I, I definitely hope people can check it out there as well. Yeah, I'm right there with you, Paris. I was actually a little surprised we didn't say Hi-Fi Rush on the Nintendo Switch. That was a head-scratcher to me of, like, you know, I saw the data mines that everybody was talking about of the T-shirts and all of that. But it mm. is surprising to me that not all four are coming to both of those ecosystems. I'm right. sure, like you said, maybe it's the hardware. We've seen the Nintendo Switch try to leverage the cloud and bringing you bigger and badder games onto that. But having to leverage that cloud aspect to it, it is surprising that Hi-Fi Rush is not on that and also see a thieves they see a thieves would be an instant win on the switch but it is always online so you're probably going to be yeah. bouncing uh with some connectivity issues on that nintendo switch so i wonder what it is but big wins regardless i am excited for more gamers to play these i think there's really some awesome stories to be told from the developer side from grounded and sea of thieves like you said of course tango gameworks with hi-fi rush and how big of a hit that was and then pentiment as well just kind of crash landing into all of our laps going, man, you know what? This was a ton of fun. So kudos to everybody out there. Congratulations. Excited for the marketing beats as well, Paris. I think that will be fun on how you market these games, what they yeah. look like on the storefront. I I'm excited on all aspects of this. I think it's going to be very cool moving forward, which will be a great time. Paris. Agreed. Let's yeah, talk go, about go another it, great please. time. You want yes. to talk to me about Final Fantasy, and that's where I kind of want to park the bus and have a quick conversation because, you know, I think the audience here at Kind of Funny knows that I have gone on a big journey through Kingdom Hearts 
into now Final Fantasy VII for the first ever time. And we're all very excited about next week, Final Fantasy Rebirth coming out. But it's still missing over here on Team Green. And not even Final Fantasy Remake after all these years is over here. And I know you got some thoughts on that. And I want to talk about that with you, about what's missing. But right after a word from our sponsors. This episode's brought to you by Avatar Braving the Elements. We know you love talking about all things TV, film, and pop culture with us, so there's another podcast that we think you're gonna enjoy. It's called Avatar Braving the Elements, and it's Nickelodeon's official companion podcast to Avatar The Last Airbender. Y'all already know Barrett loves Avatar. He thinks it's one of the best coming-of-age heroes journeys out there that perfectly blends enticing action, great comedy, and social commentary that's all backed by great art style and an iconic soundtrack. Each week, host Janet Varney, the voice of Korra, and Dante Bosco, the voice of Zuko, rewatch every episode of The Last Airbender. They're joined by special guests like the cast, superfans, and even the creators of Avatar, Michael DiMartino and Brian Konitzko, for a deep dive and behind-the-scenes look into the Avatarverse you can't get anywhere else. Whether you're a longtime vendor or new to the series, jump into the epic world of Avatar with Avatar Braving the Elements. Listen to Avatar Braving the Elements on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Y'all need to check out Kind of Funny Game Showdown, our weekly video game trivia game show. You can watch live on YouTube or on Twitch every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific time. But now, thanks to popular demand, Kind of Funny Game Showdown is available on podcast services. Whether you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or anywhere else, please subscribe and rate the show five stars. It really helps us get Kind of Funny out there. And we couldn't thank you enough. We aim to make this a video-only show, so many of the games we best enjoyed watching on YouTube. But despite that, enough of you guys asked for audio versions so we're making that happen anyways of course that also means if you have the kind of funny membership on patreon you will now also get the audio version of the show ad free no matter how you're watching or listening to kind of funny game showdown thank you and if you haven't checked it out yet there is no better time than now we're already many episodes into the show so you can catch up now on youtube or the brand new podcast version of the show if you love what we do please get the kind of funny membership on patreon or on youtube to get the show ad free if you just want to support us for free please subscribe and rate kind of funny game showdown on your favorite podcast service now all right everybody welcome back paris let's talk about it final fantasy 7 i know you got something on your mind let's talk about it yeah, absolutely. First and foremost, I'd like to say when I was up at the studio a few weeks ago, I got to spend the day with you on your journey <laughs> yes. to Final Fantasy VII uh, <laughs> Remake. So, so that was a lot of fun. Um, but, but the thing I wanted to talk about, because, you know, I, I like to, to pay attention to what the community is saying. And, you know, some people may or may not be tagging me in certain things and <laughs> being very vocal at me about it. Um, you know, obviously, I know Kind of Funny officially has, has reviewed Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. I got a chance to also play it as well. Enjoy it. It's, it's fantastic. And this is coming from a guy who's not really been into Final Fantasy it pulled me in. And then like when I got to play with you going back, playing remake, stuff like that, I'm like, okay, I get it now. This, this is really freaking cool. This is, this is a great series. I understand why people it's so beloved by so many people and people are so excited for it. But then that brings up the problem. You can only play it on PlayStation five. Yep. And the Xbox community was pretty vocal about that this week, that how bummed out they were that this great game, if they don't have a PlayStation or a PC, by the way, you can't play this game. I mean, you, you don't have an Xbox or a PC is what I'm saying, but you can't play this game. Um, yeah. And that's, it sucks just flat out. It sucks. And to your point, remake isn't even on Xbox right now. And 
my thing just comes to this. It is coming from a third party publisher. We, we obviously see everything that's going on in the industry right now. I hope this is the last time we see something like this in the, in the sense that we got to have these games, especially the third party ones that I'm talking about specifically, we got to have them on every platform that you possibly can. It's almost criminal that a game this good, that is just getting universal 10 out of 10 praises across the board, right? Can only be played on one platform right now. And you have a section of the gaming audience that's on the outside looking in and they're hoping uh, that maybe in May or June, it'll come to PC and eventually come to Xbox. We got to stop doing that. We, we just simply do. And when, when I see people talking about that online, I'm nodding my head. I go, yes, I agree. It 100% should be on Xbox right now. I understand there's timed exclusivity things. You pay for this, you pay for that. We got to stop doing it. And I know that Xbox last year has has started having a better working agreement with Square Enix. And now we're going to start seeing more Square games come to the Xbox platform. Like even during Developer Direct, I'm blank. Uh, what is it? Um, not Chrono Trigger. What the hell am I thinking of? The game uh, we have the, the, developer uh, we have the Mana uh, game. Vision, Visions of Mana. Yes. Yeah, thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. That game as an example. But we need a big AAA Final Fantasy VII remake and Rebirth should be on Xbox. I am hoping that Xbox is working with Square to get that on the platform as soon as possible. And I hope moving forward, we don't see things like this. There should not be Capcom games. I believe what this next Monster Hunter is not on Xbox. There's something else that's not coming to Xbox. We're seeing more and more. I shouldn't say seeing more and more of this. It's been kind of consistent where we're seeing major games that are third party not showing up on the Xbox platform. We know, I know, you know, Phil has talked about this in the past. Like I said, I just hope, especially with the current state of the gaming industry right now, that this practice goes away. I mean, even if you go back into earlier in this generation, um, before Xbox uh, acquired Bethesda, I mean, Ghostwire Tokyo and Deathloop were exclusive to one platform where you could you could not play them on Xbox for a full year. And then they eventually came. And this, and this is when Bethesda was third party. We don't need that anymore. We really don't. So I, I hope look, I understand the arguments we've had the past couple of weeks about first party stuff and multi-platform. Forget that for a second. I'm talking strictly third party. I'm talking your Square Enixes, your EAs, your Ubisofts, 2Ks of the world that should be putting games on all platforms. We we this whole timed exclusivity paid stuff has to stop. I think what what was the infamous one Xbox did? It was Tomb Raider. Tomb Raider. Tomb Raider. Yeah. They did that. Again, no, we, we, we just simply have to stop doing that. I hope as we move forward with the rest of this generation and as we go into the next one, whatever multi-platform stuff we'll see experimentation is fine. But these third party games, they just got to be everywhere. It is nobody should be deprived of playing Final Fantasy VII Rebirth just because they don't have a PlayStation. Uh, one quick cor- uh, correction. Monster sure. Hunter Wilds is going to be coming to the uh, Xbox Series X and S. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I just remember I knew people were upset. Like, hey, there's other games not coming to Xbox. Why isn't this coming to Xbox? I couldn't remember what it was. I, I imagine, specifically when it comes to the Final Fantasy VII uh, now trilogy, um, yeah. that there there is some deal that it is not allowed to come to, to other platforms until all three are out. That is my guesstimation. Because wow. when Remake came out, we were guessing like, okay, like it's just coming out on PlayStation 4 at the time. Maybe it's got a year exclusivity. 
and then it still never came to other platforms. And then now that Rebirth's out, we still hear nothing about Remake. I, I, I think I had guessed uh, around the time that Rebirth was in, like officially announced and we got that first trailer. I, I think that's when I, I first guessed of like, they must have some sort of exclusivity deal during the release of this entire trilogy, which is insane. Um, yeah. And I agree with you, Paris. And then I also find it interesting that 16 didn't launch on Xbox pla- uh, platforms either when 15 did. So I don't, I don't know what PlayStation and, and Square, like what deals they made years ago that are still in yeah. place, but it is, a, it is a weird one. Yeah, it is. And what you just said, if it ultimately comes down to that you won't see any of those games until the, the whole trilogy is out, that just hurts the industry, man. That just hurts gamers as a whole. Because what if I can't afford to go buy a PlayStation because I already bought an Xbox? Or I invested $2,000 into a gaming PC thinking I could play the games there, and then you can't. Doesn't make sense to me. I, I, and to your point, this is probably legacy deals or whatever, but I would hope moving forward we, we see less and less, if not this at all anymore, because we, we shouldn't be gatekeeping third-party games from any platform. I'm right there with you, Paris. And also, I want to take the other side of like, it is interesting. I, I think it's got to hurt developers as well, because I look at a game like Foam yeah. Stars that just came out, right, on PlayStation, mixed reviews, sitting at like 6 out of 10 on IGN. But that is a game that needs a large player base. It's a games as a service, whatever you want to call it, that should have as many eyes on it, as many hands on the controllers as possible. And that only being on PlayStation to me goes, okay, well, this is going to come and go so fast that anyone else out there will never get the chance to take it because the servers will probably be shut down. Maybe this team won't make that game anymore. But there's a lot of moments where you kind of scratch your head at not even the biggest titles, but smaller titles going why would you do that? That's got to go everywhere for the supports. But yeah, Paris, we've talked about Final Fantasy, and as someone who has now just experienced Final Fantasy VII for the first ever time over on PlayStation, it is baffling to me that we have sat here wondering when will Remake come? Will it ever? And it doesn't feel like it will, Paris. It's crazy, like Bear just said, maybe at the end of the trilogy. That is so long to wait. It is wild to think about. We're, we're talking PlayStation 6 and Xbox Series Y at that point. That That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, y- you know, the positive right now is Xbox fans now have Final Fantasy 14, the big MMO. Yeah. That's now going into beta right now on your Xbox console. That's great. Bear brought up 15. Variants did about 16 as well. Bear brought up of like, why is it 16, not over here? There is still a major disconnect on certain titles from the third-party side, Paris, that you brought up that aren't coming to certain platforms, especially here on the Xbox side. I think Xbox and Phil have made a good charge and a good first step to getting more Japanese-specific titles over here, but it does seem like there's a number of titles still missing there, Paris, and I agree with you. I, I do think that's got to end. Uh, it's funny when we talked about Xbox last week of sharing those titles and getting people on the other side interested in the games you make. That's what Final Fantasy is doing to me. Sure, I had to go over there to play it, but now I play it and I go, oh, I'm interested. I've never played your games. I would play more of these, and it would get me going if it was here on the Xbox platform even faster, especially since I'm an Xbox owner. Yeah, 100%. And like I said before, we're seeing what the current state of the industry is. So... Again, maybe these are just legacy deals or whatever, but I can't imagine any third party publisher saying, well, I'm only going to put my game on this one platform when you're you're excluding tens of millions of other players that you potentially could be buying and playing your game. That just doesn't make sense to me. 
I mean, it's got to be big deals, right? It's got to be history yeah. and lineage with each other's companies. But it is odd over the decades that it hasn't shifted and changed Paris. Yeah. And especially with a game like this, it is too bad and disheartening for the Xbox community that will have to look on the other side and go, man, am I supposed to be over there? Especially when we talk about, you know, new games coming over to PlayStation and you kind of add that fire to the fuel of, should I be over there and expect you to put games over there and I can just be playing the games like this that I want? Am I missing right. out? Am I made the wrong decision, Paris? I don't know right. what is the move for Phil and them, but like you said, it, clearly they had talks to Square Enix. They have get, they're getting in a better relationship and you would hope moving forward you wouldn't miss out on this. But like game like Final Fantasy 17, let's say in the future, whatever's next, you would hope is coming over here to Xbox. Right, day, day and date. date. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you would hope so. Paris, you know, I think of Foam Stars in particular because that's a recent one. I'm like, man, wish that game was over here. Me and my buddies would have played that for a night and had some fun. But, uh, you know, it's a head scratcher. I'm excited for Rebirth. Do you want to share any thoughts on Rebirth that you can share with all of us? I know the reviews have gone live. Like you said, everybody's excited. I'm jazzed up. I know it's not on Xbox and we're not twisting the knife with our community, but... We do love celebrating good games. And I'll tell you what, this Final Fantasy remake, that's a good game, Paris. And I loved playing through it. I can't wait for Rebirth. What can you tell me to get me excited about this? Yeah, like say, say I was a part of that review, um, you know, with, with Tim and Blessing and all of them um, when they talked about it. I probably would have, I would have been a high four out of five, almost five out of five, probably where I would have landed. Um Oof. I definitely was emotionally invested into that story way more than I ever thought I would be. <laughs> Again, coming into this, I had played Final, the first original Final Fantasy VII back in the 90s and really had not touched it or played it since. But to come in here with the new, more action combat versus just the old, you know, just turn-based stuff really hooked me into that. Some of the boss battles were, were fantastic. Like I said, that story... I was invested. I wanted to know what was going on. Now, the open world itself was serviceable. Could it have been a little bit better? Sure. But I had fun with it. Riding the chocobo, stuff like that. So the side mission things you were able to do. I thought it was great. Some of the different combinations that you could put together of, of the different weapons and, and powers that you're having. I had a blast with it. I really did. Graphically, I mean, it's, again, stunner. Looks looks great. It's I was like, I'm playing it halfway through. I was like, okay, I get it. I get where everybody likes this. <laughs> that, that was what I would say. I was like, I get where everybody likes this. I, I'm, I'm in. I'm in. I, I definitely want to know where this goes next. I'll put it that way. Tell me really quick about the open world. You talk about serviceable. I think that's always fun when we have these conversations of these big, meaty open world games that are giving you so many hours of content, trying to jam pack yeah. so much in. And a lot of it is very repetitive. Sometimes yes. it's just surface level and you go, ooh, you got to go a little bit more than that. Or it's just like, this stinks. What, what is it about that makes it serviceable? And what could they have done better? I mean, I just felt like some of the traversal was just there to say, hey, we have this big open world versus actually being necessary to do so. Um, to your point, I think there was, again, it was just big to be big. So there was uh, some repetition in there that I thought wasn't necessarily needed. I mean, obviously traveling to Chocobo, stuff like that was, was fun to do. Don't get me wrong. You would have some of these random encounters, but they started to be like, Okay, I've already done this before. Okay, I've already done that before. And it was not a huge, like, taking me out of the game moment. It was just, 
having played so many open world games, you kind of get the formula. And this just kind of felt standard for that. You know what I mean? Whereas this wasn't doing anything new in the open world genre. Let's put it that way. It was just like, yep, been there, done that. Been doing this for the past 10 years. It is a sequel meaning it's the second one and you know i know it's you know this it's a whole mumbo jumbo of seven and the remake and onward of what they're doing but it is the sequel it is the middle of a trilogy how do you mm-hmm. think they handled that did they handle that well it's tough to be kind of well, the well, middle well, child here's what, here here's what i think they did great for someone like me i didn't know what the hell was going on you're basically replaying part of remake at the beginning of rebirth so that got me. I'm like, oh, so I kind of understood the motivations of characters and what was going on. And as the story went along, I'm like, all right, now I get it. And you just you go from there. So it was funny when I was up there going back, playing remake with you. I knew all those characters. I was yes. like, oh, yeah, da, 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 da. I already knew. I already knew what, <laughs> what was up, what they were doing. And I was like, ooh, he. Well, I don't want to spoil anything, but I was like, I know what he's going to do later. You know, like stuff like that, because they replayed it you know, in the, in the, in the uh, rebirth. So I thought they did a great job with that. I think they did a, anybody can just walk into this, you know, having not played remake and still get enough of the story that they'll be able to enjoy it. I think that's the tough part as well. Being number two in the series, being the newest one, there's always that, Hey, do I have to play the first one? Can I just jump in? And I know a lot of people get, get caught up on that of like, well, of course you got to play the first one. You can't just jump in. You're going to be confused. But I do think there are a number of games that do it well of like, no, I think you can get by. You're going to understand. It's tough to give 25 to 40 hours. Like I just did to play that one, to get caught up for this one. So that's, that's awesome to hear that. Did it leave you wanting more? Are you ready oh, 100%, 100%. for three now? That's a- absolutely. The goal yeah. Here. Sign me up. I'm there day one. Oh <laughs> my one. gosh. And, and if you would have asked me this probably a month ago, I'd have been like, mm, no, what are you talking about? Final <laughs> Fantasy. I'm not playing that. No, I'm in. They got me. Well, here's the which here's, again, which again, to bring this full circle. Yeah. This is why it sucks that it's not on Xbox. I was just going to tell because, you, Paris, because I'm going to tell you right now, the comment section is going to be, man, they just spent 15 minutes talking about a game we can't even play. Yep. They're going to say it. That's what they're right. That's what I was just going to say to you, Paris, we're in front of the green wall. And the issue is, is Xbox users now miss out on another game of the year contender. Another mm-hmm. big one. Just like last year when we talked about Baldur's Gate 3. And yes, it did come. It took some time. But like, here we are again, looking around going, why are we missing this? What is going on here? Why can't we get this done? Especially from a third party developer, as you brought up during this conversation. So yeah. I think a lot of Xbox fans should be asking why and when will this change, right? I think a lot of people clearly understand maybe the history and the deals, but when will it change? And also you see Xbox on the other side, sure they're in third place, but you look at a title like Call of Duty, they could easily pull that away from everyone and say, no, it's not there, but they understand that it's got to go everywhere. It's that big of a deal. Why well, can't Final Fantasy be the same way? Hey, hey, the FTC and the CMA made damn sure they wouldn't pull yeah. it <laughs> They said, no, you're not doing that is right. But, um, but, but to your point, it, anyone obviously watching, listening to this, that's clearly huge fans of Xbox and is bummed out about this news, I would take some solace in the fact that last year you saw Phil being very hands-on about establishing that relationship with Square Enix moving forward so that this does not continue to happen. I mean, legacy deals are legacy deals. Probably not much you can do about that, but anything moving forward, 
again, going going to what we were talking about that they showed in the uh, developer director a few weeks ago, take that as a good sign that we'll see more of these Square Enix games come day and date to Xbox and hopefully, you know, with these other third party publishers, you know, we'll, we'll get the same. I mean, Square Enix, Kojima as well. That's been a nice piece right there with that partnership. I am worried of, you know, Sony and Herman Holtz saying we backed up the Brinks truck for Kojima to make his dream project. And it's like, oh, man, that's not coming to Xbox. That's not going to be good. But it looks like a bright, better future for sure. And you know what? Talking about future, Paris, let's just keep the future talk going because the NCAA and EA are going to pay them kids. And that's what it's all about but I want to talk to you about is the payment enough and what your thoughts are on it because we finally got the details on the NIL deal that will have the kids and NCAA 25 come together. So this is coming from ESPN. For over 11,000 college football players, Thursday will be the first chance to opt in to the EA Sports new college football game, EA Sports College Football 25, and get paid for it. EA Sports has finalized its name, image, and likeness plan, and it will begin opt-in process. Up to 85 players per school will initially appear on the roster's game, which comes out this summer. Now here's the deal. All athletes who opt in to have their name, image, and likeness appear in will eventually receive $600 plus a copy of the game that's typically valued at $70. Athletes would remain in the game for their entire careers but could opt out of future editions if they choose. Athletes who remain in the game for multiple years will be paid annually and players who transfer will continue to be compensated as long as they are on the roster. Now I have some more fun details to talk about, but I do want to talk about that $600 plus a free copy of the game. I think a big number we should probably also remember here, 11,000 student athletes, 132 teams. So you know, let's make sure we're adding up all the numbers here. But what do you think about that, Paris? Is it enough? No. And here's here's why. Shadur Sanders is not opting in for this for $600 <laughs> yes, on course. a free copy of the game because he makes way more money via the NIL to not do so. Now, clearly, some of your lower tier players of, of the 11000 that you're doing, hey, 600 bucks is 600 bucks. Screw it. Do it. But your top tier college players, no, there's there's no way. They would do that. Like it was funny. I was watching uh Shannon Sharp's podcast, Club Shay Shay. He had Johnny Manziel on um last week. And because I've always been f- fascinated with Johnny football. So, you know, just to hear him be pretty honest and direct about, you know, his mistakes that he had through his career. But the point that he did make about if he was if he was playing now with the NIL, he goes, the bidding would start at 10 million. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It would start at 10 million for him. So when you think about these top players now, no, no freaking way. They're going to look at that and go, mm, no, thanks. No, thanks. You, you just you can have Colorado in there and he'll just have the two on, on the on the jersey, but not my name because you're not using my likeness. I will license my likeness out to the highest bidder and it ain't going to be for 600 bucks. That's for sure. Yeah, it will be. I think like you said, right, if you were a low tier school player for 
you know, quarterback number two or whatever, you're probably taking 600 in the copy. That's awesome. You get to be in yeah. the game. You'll show it to all your friends and family. You can say, I got a paycheck for being in a video game. That's cool. That's awesome. But yeah, there will be a much bigger discussion when it comes to the big names and how they go on those deals. Because yeah, Paris, if you're Shadur over in Colorado, you're asking for probably millions is right. And how does yeah. that work? I cannot wait to see those deals, parents. That's got to be crazy money. Yeah, like like even, I know this isn't football, but let's just say they had a NCAA basketball game. Bronny, you really think Bronny's taking 600 bucks? <laughs> you know, the, the known players, like, again, you just take it to last year, the Caleb Williams of the world. There, there's no way. Yeah. It, 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 it is not, because to your point, it's for, like you said, it's for the life of the game, but I guess they could opt out at some point. Why even opt in at the first place? Because your name's going to be more valuable used elsewhere than in that game for 600 bucks. Let's talk about some of the details. So details to note for you about college football 25. All 134 FPS schools are in even Notre Dame, which was a holdout for a little bit. They will have the 12-game playoff, all bowl games, and they'll have Dynasty Mode and Road to Glory in the game plus more, but that's the details they shared. They will have NIL, transfer portal, conference reassignments, stadium sounds, uniforms, and so much more in the game that you can expect. There will be no coaches, Paris Lilly, in year one, and no FCS schools in year one. So, of course, you talk about Shadur Sanders, Coach Primetime, I'm sure, is asking for a mega check if you're trying to put him in the video game, you know? Uh, there will also be more than a hundred additional NIL opportunities for athletes to work with EA sports. These could include social media posts on campus promotions, advertisements, or even being on the game's cover. Of course, that's a big deal. I also like that they're going to other sports like women's basketball. They'll go to soccer. They're willing to do deals with everyone to get the promotion up. And I'm sure they would love to call up Caitlin Clark and have her promote the game. I'm sure they're calling everybody up. But no matter who you are, they're going to call you up to probably promote this game. Um, also on Thursday, ESPN College Game Day analyst Kirk Herbstreet and broadcaster Chris Fowler announced that they're in the game. So you're going to have some iconic voices in there. Um, one of the team members said that individual players will not have face scans for at least the first year since the logistics of attempting this mm -hmm. with over 11,000 athletes would be very difficult. But EA Sports is working with schools and rosters for photos to create represent, uh, representative likenesses of each player. Here's a fun one for you. If a player chooses to not be in the game, Holt said EA Sports will create a generic avatar based on the traditional strength or weakness of the position over the past decade for the school. Now get this. Gamers will not be allowed to create that player in the game. So if I hold out, you can't make yourself in the game, Paris, which I found very, very interesting. Interesting. Yeah. So it says gamers will be allowed to create their own players, but the game will not allow an opted out player to create and insert themselves into the game. We won't be able to, they, they want to talk about it quite yet, but they're going to somehow prevent you from putting yourself in, which I found very interesting. Because I got uh, a pretty generic don't, name, Paris. And like, don't, what don't if, worry. Stewie, Stewie Sanders, quarterback, <laughs> Colorado, is coming. <laughs> My, Mikey Howard's coming in, is right. Yeah. yeah. I thought that was really funny of like, 
Yeah, what do you do with people that are opting out? Well, you're not giving them the check. You're not putting them in the game officially. But yeah, of course, I can just create myself and I'm in there. But I guess Paris wouldn't have me. So what's the big deal if I put just myself in there? Why are they not letting the kids just create themselves? That's very interesting. I find that very odd. And how do you police that? Right? How do you, if somebody's got such a basic name and he is the left guard for some school, how do you know that he's doing that? You know? Yeah, that's, I I think they're saying that, but to your point, if I create a, and again, I just keep picking on Shador, but if I create a character called S Sanders, give him the same number, give him all the stats that Shador would probably have. And he's the quarterback of Colorado. uh, Duh, I know who he is. And I'm the one playing. I I don't know that that's a weird one. I think they're, maybe they're saying it to cover themselves. Yes. (laughs) But to your point, I, I don't know how they're policing it, but I will say, Going back to everything that you just talked about with the game itself, heck yeah, heck yeah, man! I, I can't wait to play it. it oh. It's gonna that I'm I'm gonna love that. I that's the college experience. I mean, the fact they even have the NIL in there is wild to me. So I'm I'm, I'm curious how that's gonna go down. But to have all the, the all the teams in there to do the 12 team playoff, I mean, just the 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 career mode stuff that we'll be able to do and then like i like we'll, we'll probably have to stream like playing online or something like florida state against whoever you want to be oh yeah in the game you know what i mean it, it'll be a lot of fun i miss ncaa i used to love that series back in the day so i'm i'm very happy that it's coming back so really looking forward to it it was the best of times paris it was a very special thing to celebrate of course college football saturday having college football and Madden and they were also both talking to each other which was very cool of like doing the road to glory and then having your player drafted and then somehow carrying him over to Madden and how EA was able to figure that out so long ago and now you think here they're they're poised to do that right this will be they say year one is laying the groundwork and getting the foundation out which is going to be key but year two year three what they build off of this if this is successful and works I can't wait to see but I think paying them kids is step one. Paying them correctly is another big step. Yeah. But also, what if it doesn't work, Paris? Does this team really think that they have it down where it's going to work? Uh, what if these kids start asking for all the money in the world and it's just not there? Will it work, Paris? I, I, could I it think fail? They are. It very well could. And to your point, I think they are going to ask for a lot of money. To, like you brought up the the opportunity to do some social media opportunities, the cover athlete. So there's going to be other avenues for them to be compensated and get some of these kids to agree to buy in to be in the game itself. And maybe it's a thing of I'm in the game for the first two years and then you have to take me out via you know DLC update or something like that. But um, I hope we get a lot of these college players to opt in to have their likenesses in the game. So you can kind of simulate that and play it. But I just would not expect the top tier players to do so because financially, I just don't think it'll make sense for them. Yeah. It'll be very interesting to see what is the buy-in what's the percentage, right? Are we talking 95% of college athletes say yes to this? Is it the 5% who are the very tippy top say, no, let's talk big dollars and stuff like that. I mean, you know, Someone's going to be the cover athlete. They're getting a big mega bucks on that one. They're definitely college game day football. Saturday is coming to your home state, and you're going to be out there parading the game around, throwing out free copies. That's happening for sure. So there's way to pay them. uh, But how much will they pay? What is the dollar amount that they finally say no to? That's where I want to be in the boardroom of like, who is that person? And when do they say, no, that's way too much money. Because if we break down, 
what was it like 85 people per team times 134 teams and then you times that by six hundred dollars it's like six million or eleven million dollars it's like a lot of money to pay yeah, all it that. Is. but you know i am curious now that i'm thinking about madden as an example in the nfl player association all the nfl players have to be getting some compensation for their likeness being in the game so I, i'm wondering what that agreement looks like at the nfl level that that they're being paid but college obviously doesn't have like a player's union. So it is more individual when it comes to that. So I don't know. Like I said, I'm, I'm going to be very fascinated to see that, how all this goes down. That was a piece that they did bring up of. They have worked with, of course, FIFA, the NHL and the NFL, and they've worked with player unions before. So yeah. they feel confident in doing this is what the team from EA said, that they think that this will work and they'll be able to change with the times and still make it work. So it will be Fun to see. It will see what the kids and the schools do, but uh, all positive stuff reading this, right? Kids are going to get paid, yep. which is the big deal. You got all 134 teams. That's a big deal. You're sticking with like the standard new age of college football with the 12 team playoff and more. Uh, this is shaping up to be a fun one. And Paris, you know, the traditions, the pageantry, the fight songs, the uniforms, the stadiums. These are all so special, and I think that's what separates it from Madden so much is we love Madden and we love Sunday's football, but when you go to college football, something's different about it. It's always special oh, here, yeah. and I can't oh, yeah. wait for them. I want them to succeed. I want us to interview a team member from EA about this because I have so many questions like you. I need to know all of the details. We'll figure that outcome launch when this game finally comes out, but uh, some fun stuff, pair. So I thought we'd talk about that. I do want to give... A final shout-out before we start slowly ramping down the show. I don't know if you caught it, but the Age of Empires team had a little celebration this past week. And let me tell yeah. you what, nothing makes me smile bigger than talking Age of Empires with you, Paris. And so wanted to give a quick rundown of the New Year, New Age show. They got a nice rundown on the blog post. You can go watch the live stream, which I thought was a ton of fun. But there's some cool details that they wanted to share with all of you. Of course, Age of Empires 2 the definitive definitive edition is getting new DLC, Victors and Vanquished, coming out March 14th, which blows my mind that Age of Empires 2 is still getting new DLC, and I think it's so rad that they continue to support Age 2, Age 3, Age 4. There's some cool stuff on that. Age of Mythology Retold is coming to Xbox and PC this year, 2024. We got to see three of the character units in an AR space with the game's art director I thought was really, really cool. So if you want to see Medusa or Cerberus, like in a cool, like life-size type vibe with a zooming in on the detail, yeah. go check out that stream. I thought it was awesome. Age of Empires Mobile, we got a first look on that, which I'm always down for more age. The idea of Age of Empires on my phone does kind of break my brain a little bit because you already did it on controller, so I trust you. But on a phone, I think it's crazy. I'm excited to see. Uh, new year, new age sale with the games and DLC up to 50% off. I thought was really rad. You'll see Age of Empires 4 getting a big update in Season 7 coming early spring. New year, new age login reward for Age of Empires 4. And Age of Empires 3 Definitive Edition 
free to play now DLC coming end of 2024. So a whole lot of cool Age of Empires stuff for you. Paris, you know, you and I celebrated when they put the game on console and how well they did with the gamepad, aka the controller inputs. Uh, I am blown away that this game continues to rock. This whole franchise continues to rock. So shout out to you, World's Edge. Uh, what do you think about that, Paris? Any exciting notes from you? The, the mobile aspect of this, yes. um, I think it, it's a smart move to enter that market and see what kind of traction that you can get. I think to your point, it is just going to come down to the controls and how that's going to work. But we're we're getting to a point now with smartphones that, you know, like you can play Resident Evil on, on the iPhone right now. Yeah. And it looks like you're playing it on, on the console. That That's how powerful. Uh, you know, these mobile chips are, are becoming. So bringing a game like like Age of Empires to mobile and if the controls, you know, are are solid enough and, and playable enough, smart move. I, I, I like to see how, how this plays out moving forward. And you'll probably see them bring even more of that stuff to mobile as well. But yeah, just the overall announcement is great. Um, God, I forget who said it. Who said it? Wait, was it Phil Spencer? I think Phil Spencer himself said this. That like Age of Empires on console is one of their most played games on, on console. That's yeah, it, yeah, which is which is crazy. So yeah, exciting news for sure. Definitely more more age stuff is always good. You know, I've been re falling in love with age since Age Four came to the console and actually came out on PC. But it's been fun to dip my toe back into not only playing but also like slowly watching more age of empires esports and paris i'll tell you what age esports is so much fun to see on the pro level but yeah. recently this past week they've been having a tournament where you don't know who or what player is which so like you and i are facing off the commentary team the audience don't know who is playing who you just watch them play and the commentary kind of talks about what they're doing i thought that was really wild idea of like everybody's kind of blindfolded on who's who Really rad stuff, and it, it's always fun to watch. It breaks my brain how fast they can play and build units, but uh, Age of Empires, great job, World's Edge over there. We'll talk more about that whenever we get the DLC and onward, but uh, Paris, that will kind of slowly wrap up our show. My final one I want to shout out is Xbox is coming to GDC 2024 here in beautiful, sunny San Francisco. Uh, the team will be doing some really cool panels. I want to highlight one, Paris, that I would love to sneak into and listen to is the first 30 years of Warcraft, the making Ooh, of a game universe. Yeah. Are you kidding me, Paris? I would love to sit there and listen to that. They have some really dope panels all week long to celebrate GDC, the Game Developers Conference here in San Francisco. It's always cool. Um, I'm sure there will be some tech being shown. There's going to be developers celebrated and sharing all of their cool stuff within the industry with their fellow peers. I think it's always awesome to highlight, but that was one that caught my eye of like, okay, I'm going to see what I'm doing and see if Greg Miller will let me sneak out of work for that. <laughs> Paris, right it's the end of the show. Anything you want to highlight before we go? Uh, a I'm nice tease something. Oh, easy week. Oh, okay. Tease it. So I'm playing Redacted. Oh. And Redacted is coming from a studio well known to the Xbox community. And this game will be on Xbox. Okay. It's pretty dope. Oh. I, I can't I can't wait until it's officially <laughs> revealed and we can we can talk about it because soonish we should be able to talk about it. Um it, it's it's pretty good. Okay. It's pretty good. Pretty good. So a little, little teeny tiny teaser that uh, some good games are on the way. So be excited.
XCast listeners, you heard it here. Paris gave you a little teaser. It's good. We'll talk about whatever it is whenever he's ready to talk <laughs> about it. But until then, this has been another episode of the Kind of Funny XCast. Each and every week, we talk about Xbox with all of you, the incredible Kind of Funny best friend community all around the globe. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for chatting with us. Uh, another fun news week. We'll be back next week to talk more. Until then, take care of yourselves, gamers. Goodbye. <laughs>